0: Java Junkies, welcome back to another episode of T4C. I am so psyched that you press play, and you will be too when you learn more about my next guest. Because if you're a wannabe entrepreneur and you love helping people, especially young people, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is the founder and head of talent at the world's largest college admissions counseling company, and he started his own business over 20 years ago, not with money from venture capitalists or a big fat loan from the bank, but rather with money from his last paycheck. From his prior job. But before I introduce you to Kevin McMullen, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's Time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays and gives you a sneak peek into the episodes and the professionals we're going to be featuring that week. And it is super easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org. And the sign up box is right there on the homepage. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Kevin McMullen, the founder and head of talent at CollegeWise, the world's largest college admissions counseling company. Kevin founded CollegeWise in Irvine, California in 1999 using his last paycheck from his prior job. And he started working with just nine students at their kitchen tables to help them find the right colleges and complete their applications. And listen to this. Within a year, that number had grown by a magnitude of 10. I hope I got the math right. From nine to over a hundred families who enrolled in the college wise program. And thank goodness, Kevin was no longer the only counselor. A super popular public speaker, Kevin has given hundreds upon hundreds of presentations to discuss college admissions planning, employee engagement, And small business success. A graduate of UC Irvine with a double major in English and history. Because of that, Kevin believes he ended up answering the question, and what will you do with those majors? Approximately 783 times. Kevin also has a college admissions counseling certificate from UCLA. And he is the co-author of the book, If the U Fits and the U is Just the Letter U, Expert Advice on Finding the Right College and Getting Accepted. Kevin, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go?
1: I am fully caffeinated and happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh,
0: it is my pleasure. And for our young listeners, if you are interested in learning how to break into college counseling, specifically private college counseling or independent college counseling, check out the show notes for this episode to see if Kevin's Espresso Shots episode has already dropped because that's where we dig into that right now. Kevin, I want you to know... I have been so excited to talk with you because I want to tap into your expertise around how our listeners can use their college experience as a launching pad to a successful career and hopefully a happy and fulfilling life. But first, I was thinking it would be useful for our listeners, Kevin, to hear a bit more about what CollegeWise is and what it does for students. And probably for parents, too.
1: Sure, Uh, Well, we're a private college counseling company and private college counseling means that we're independent. People hire us to coach their kids through the college admissions process. In the same way that you might hire an accountant to help you with your taxes, people are helping us or hiring us to, to help their kids through this process. So our counselors work individually with each student and we'll help them make decisions about what classes to take, what tests to take, to select their extracurricular activities. We'll help them research and learn about appropriate colleges for them, and then when it's time for them to apply to college. The the most stressful part of the process for many families is once it is time to complete and submit applications. There are a lot of different moving parts, a lot of various deadlines, a lot of different tasks that need to be completed in a particular order. And we become the project managers of that process to make sure that everything is done accurately, completely, and submitted on time. So that's the the components of the job for each of our counselors when they're working with families. Terrific.
0: Now, in addition to being the founder of CollegeWise, your current title says that you are the head of talent at CollegeWise. So What does that mean and what do you do in that role?
1: We call it our Talent Department because we don't like the title Human Resources Department. We think that humans aren't resources. So, But we do a lot of things that an HR department would do. That means that we handle, and I'm in charge of, all the recruiting and hiring, deciding what roles we have available, how we want to describe those roles, where we're posting those jobs, designing our interview process to evaluate those candidates. And I help with all of the onboarding and training of those people. But I also run all of the professional development that we do for our employees. So providing advanced training to people in each of their different functions, recruiting and training our managers that are going to step into those roles. I really design and and run all of that. So anything that involves helping our employees get better at their jobs, feel more engaged in their jobs really falls under my heading in my department.
0: Understood. So what makes a great college counselor or coach? What qualities or what characteristics make a great counselor? And do they have to have done really well in college?
1: Hmm, That's a great question. Well, the characteristics are, first, no surprise, they have to be able to relate to teenagers. This has to be somebody that when a teenager sits down, they're willing to listen to you. They're willing to trust you. They're willing to take your advice. In fact, a lot of parents come to us and say, you know, I need you because my kid isn't listening to me. And he doesn't listen to me when I tell him he needs to write his college essays and he needs to get these things. I want you to do that. I want you to be the bad cop. And so we want to find a way to do that with the student where it's actually a relief to both the student and the parent. But it's not enough to just be someone that teenagers like. You've also got to be someone that parents trust. This is a really important, crucial time in a student's life. And a parent is handling us to share the responsibility with their student. And so that means that this counselor, to be really good at their job, needs to be someone who's organized, who's professional, who presents a trustworthy, knowledgeable expertise to that family, and someone who with every interaction is saying, it's going to be okay. I've got this. Let's do that together. And a person who can communicate that to a family relieves them of a lot of stress and is ultimately going to help that student get where they're trying to go.
0: Well, as the parent of a high school freshman right now, I have a very pertinent question, (laughs) which relates to us. (laughs) Can you give us an example, Kevin, of how having a coach really made a difference for a particular student in their college application experience?
1: Sure. I mean, I can think of hundreds of examples, but I'll give you one in particular. Years ago, we had a parent who brought in her twins, a boy and a girl. She told us ahead of time, these are very different kids. My girl is a straight-A student. She's always been a straight-A student. School is very important to her. My boy is a very nice kid. He's well-liked, but he did not get his sister's academic gifts. He had a you know mix of B's and C's. And in that first meeting with our college counselor, the girl was much more engaged in answering a lot more of the questions, and the counselor kind of read this situation, and she turned to him and said, I want to make sure this is clear. You know that you can go to college, too, if you want to, right? And that student kind of welled up right there in front of our counselor. And it was clear that no one had actually said those words to him. And so when that counselor began working with each of those kids, they would drive because they shared a car, they would drive to the appointments together, but they would have their appointments individually with her, not together. So they could each drive their own college admissions process and ask their own questions. And ultimately, both of them got into colleges. They were very excited to attend. And that student actually went on to make major in forestry at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And when he graduated, he found his way to a job with the National Forest Service, where he designed all of the training for their wildlife firefighters about how to prevent wildfires. That was an interest that he had as a high school student that he followed all the way through college. And I was really proud of our counselor for recognizing that moment and saying to him, you can do this too if you want to, and I'd love to help you.
0: Oh, what a great example. And it sounds like Your counselor at CollegeWise, even though you said in our Espresso Shots interview, they aren't like school counselors who often must have a psychology degree of some kind. It sounds like that college counselor at CollegeWise really did listen from almost like a psychological component.
1: Yeah, that's a great observation. I mean, clearly, to be really good at this job, you've got to be able to read the room. And you've got to be able to, you know, read the person who's in front of you. And, you know, oftentimes you can ask a straight question and get an answer, but really there's a lot buried underneath that answer that you can uncover. So it's important for our counselors, given that most of them don't have advanced counseling degrees, we can't start playing the role of a student's therapist. It's irresponsible to do that. But this is an emotional, stressful time. And if if we treat it as a purely mechanical process, then we're not going to develop that kind of relationship that we need to have with the students. So, yes, I think she did that very well by just reading that student and asking the right question at the right time.
0: Kevin, can you take us into a typical day for you these days or a typical week at CollegeWise as the head of talent and the founder?
1: Yeah, well, one of the best parts is that there really isn't a typical day, but I'll give you a sense. Any given day, I may come in and review various applications from candidates that are applying for jobs here. I'll occasionally do the final interview for a candidate that's progressed through you know the two or three rounds of interviews that we do. And I kind of assess the cultural fit. Do I feel like this is someone who will fit in well here and will be able to make valuable contributions? I'm also a part of our leadership team that runs the company. So we'll meet once a week to talk about challenges in the company opportunities that we're seeing things that we think we need to try to address in our business and i'll often be involved with initiating those and running those whether it's a program or a new training or a new system that we're trying to implement i love the chance to get involved in all of those things so and it really anything that involves our own people whether it is new people that we're adding into the business or you know retaining the successful engaged people that we have here that's something that is ultimately my responsibility and that I love the chance to do every day. I'm in a great job for myself.
0: Wonderful. And I think it's also important to highlight the fact that when you found, or I should say, even after you founded your own company, you can reinvent your role as the company grows.
1: The truth is that when I started CollegeWise in 1999, I absolutely did not invent private college counseling. That existed already. There were lots of people out there that were doing this on their own, and there still are today. We have, you know, lots of people that are doing what we do. But what I learned pretty fast at CollegeWise, and I think really makes us different, is that I was not the only person that could do those things that I was doing with students in those early years. And so I found a way to train people in the system that I was using, and then to invite them to actually be an integral part of the business. Don't do what I've told you to do every day, but instead, you know, invent your own better ways of doing things. We've described a desired outcome where we're trying to go and then invite those people to put their own special spin on it. Everybody has their own unique talents. And if you can invite people to unleash those, there's a lot of magic that'll happen at work. And so that's given me the opportunity every year. There's something that, you know, I did version 1.0 of But then other people come in, put their own spin on it, make it even better, and I move on to the next thing. So I'm always just a few good ideas away from being out of a job. But as long as I can keep finding new ways to make my own impact, I hope I can keep staying here for a long, long time.
0: You know, I love that you use the word magic because now having done hundreds of these interviews with professionals like you, Kevin, and dozens of different careers, I have come to see that magic... Is that intangible? It's the fairy dust that none of us can predict at the beginning of our careers that is going to affect us in some way, shape, or form that we can't even imagine. Whether it's a person that you bump into at the grocery store, whether it's somebody you're sitting next to on the bus as you're commuting into the office, or it's somebody that you meet at a party, you are going to meet people and have magical experiences that affect the way you think and may affect what you end up doing with your life.
1: It's so true.
0: I am going to ask you in just a moment about why you believe that famous colleges aren't better colleges. But first, Kevin, could you share with our young listeners what inspired you as a history and English double major to start a college application coaching business?
1: Well, it certainly had nothing to do with the English and history majors, although I I enjoyed those majors, but they were in no way connected to this career decision. The first job I had out of college was at a test prep company Called the Princeton Review it was a local company and I helped run their programs and I did a lot of public speaking in high schools. And I kind of progressed my way, you know, through that company. I eventually became the spokesperson of the company. And so I did a lot of speaking with news outlets and, you know, magazines, newspapers, and then also at, at local high schools about the college admissions process. And I'd always envisioned that someday I would own my own business. And, you know, like I mentioned before. Private college counseling was an industry. There were people out there doing this. I knew it was something that if you were good, people would pay you to help them. And I thought, that seems like something I can do. I didn't have a grand plan to grow it into the large business we are today, I believed it could be something like that. But I thought, let me just prove that I can actually get people to hire me and then make them happy and hopefully do a great enough job that they can't help but tell their friends. And that's really what led me to start the business.
0: Oh, what a great story. And P.S., I interviewed John Katzman on time for coffee, who oh, is you did yeah. The yeah. founder I worked
1: very closely with John in New right? York when I when I worked at their headquarters. So yeah.
0: John, just for our listeners, is the co-founder of the Princeton Review, which he founded right out of Princeton and is today three three steps beyond that. He has kind of zigged and zagged in his career, but I don't have the episode number at my fingertips, but just go into the Time for Coffee website and Google John Katzman and our listeners can hear all of his wisdom as well. You have created an entire category, Kevin, on your blog around the topic of why famous colleges aren't better colleges. Why did you do that? Why did you create a whole category around it and why do you believe that famous colleges aren't necessarily better.
1: I created the category because I, I just think a disproportionate amount of the stress and the anxiety that is just so commonplace in this process of students applying to college now is because there's this rabid fascination and obsession with, I've got to get into what I think a good school is. And unfortunately, too many people equate a good school with a famous school. And those famous schools tend to be the ones that are the hardest to get into. We watch so many students not experience the joy they could feel during this time in their lives. This is an exciting time to consider where you want to spend the next four years, what you'd like to learn about, how you might use that time to help you find your calling and discover your talents. That's a really exciting thing. And the United States has the most open and accessible system of higher education anywhere in the world. But when you see so many students and parents that focus on the 40 colleges out of the more than 2,000 that we have in this country that turn away almost every student who applies. And when they tell themselves, well, that will be the measure of my success in high school to make all this work worth it. I need to get into one of those schools. It really sets you up for a lot of disappointment and a lot of stress. So that's why I created that category on my blog and why anytime I get a chance, I want to remind people that those are not the only schools and they are not the only path to, to becoming successful.
0: So, if the college itself doesn't matter, what does?
1: It's a great question. The student matters. I always say that what you do in college is much, much more important than where you do it. And the student who goes to college and says, well, I'm going to do the bare minimum, I'm going to show up to class, I'm going to do what I'm told, I'll do just enough to make sure that I can stay here for four years, and then I'll graduate and wait for the world to throw jobs and money at me. That's not a student who's going to have a lot of options at the end of college, even if they went to a famous one, where the student who says, look at all these opportunities that are available to me on this campus. I can study abroad, I can get an internship, I can take a class in virtually any topic that I wanna learn about, I can join any one of dozens or even hundreds of campus organizations, I can initiate things, I can even fail and still get to keep playing while I'm here, that's an extraordinary opportunity. And I think that a student who recognizes that and who makes the most of that for four years, they're going to be set up for success in a way that many other students will not be, regardless of the relative prestige of the college they've attended.
0: You wrote a blog post that Touches on this theme very much, and it's entitled "The Choices are yours, and I want to read it because it's short. The message is super important, and it resonated throughout my being. You wrote, Height is decided for you. whether you view yours as a gift, a curse, or an unremarkable trait, your DNA has already made its decision. You get no say, but punctuality. Reliability, empathy, honesty, flexibility, respect, effort, trust, curiosity, initiative, passion. Those are all choices we get to make. Some of us have more natural inclination in some areas, and some have had the good fortune to be exposed to positive examples who showed us what those elements look like in practice. But these are not traits their choices, and each of us gets to make them every day with every project, with every interaction. Why did you want to write that?
1: I think that a lot of students, when they go to college, have been trained through 12 years of schooling to believe that yeah, doing what you're told and getting good test scores and getting A's on the tests. That is sort of the secret to being successful in life. And ultimately, those measurements matter less and less the older that you get. And what matters more is the hard work that the student put into it. And I think it goes a lot more broadly than just hard work. I wanted students to recognize and and really even the parents. I had a lot of parents that were readers of my blog as well. I wanted to remind people that as the title says these are choices and you can decide every day. It's kind of a buzzword now. People talk a lot about your personal brand. And you know, your personal brand to me is not, you know, what your LinkedIn profile looks like or what you decide to tweet about every day. Your personal brand is what have you trained people to expect when they decide to interact with you? And all of those choices that you listed that I I mentioned in that blog entry, those are all parts of your personal brand. You either decide to do them or you don't decide to do them. But if you can train people to expect that you'll be that kind of person, then they're always going to want you on their team. They're always going to want you in that role. There's always going to be opportunities available to you.
0: The one characteristic, and I was just rereading the list while you were talking, that I didn't see explicitly mentioned, you said things like effort and passion, which could be another way of saying grit. But I didn't see the word grit. And at least in my experience, I think that is another really important quality that you have to have. And Kevin, I want to ask you because I ask all of my guests this question if you could share a time in your own professional life when you really struggled. Maybe it was before you launched college wise, maybe it was after, maybe you failed at something after you launched college wise. But most importantly, how did you get through that tough time? And was there a lesson that you learned in the process?
1: Certainly the most difficult. Time that I've experienced professionally was 2009 during the recession. And I was running still a small business. You know, we had four offices. I was running it all by myself. I didn't have any business partners, nothing like that. And no surprise... As soon as you know, the economy went south and families were losing all their college savings, losing their 401ks, losing their jobs, well, they don't have the kind of disposable income to hire a service like ours. And so we saw our business shrink about 40% that year. And you reach a point where you start to feel sort of helpless because you can't turn the economy around. So there were a lot of sleepless nights for me that year and a lot of feeling like I didn't really have the power of myself to turn this around. But the important lesson there that I took away from it is that in the most stressful times, the way to regain some sense of control is to focus on the parts that you can control. And the parts that I could control were for the people that were still in our program and the families that were still working with us, I could make sure and my counselors can make sure that they were still getting our very best. I started by just picking up the phone every day and calling all of them and saying, hey, you know, I know times are tough. How are things going for you? Do you have any concerns about your ability to pay for college, you know, that's going to be coming up for your student and just, you know, showing up for them every day. It let me go home every day feeling like I'd done something to better our situation. And I never second guessed whether or not we would come back from it because I knew the economy was eventually going to come back. And I knew that we had a good business and that we built a lot of trust through doing a great job for families over the years. But weathering that storm for that year took a lot out of me and a lot out of our business. And was really proud that we were able to come out the other side of it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure that was incredibly challenging. Was there a lesson that you took away from that experience?
1: Other than to focus on what you could control, I now view every business decision, especially where we're going to be spending money, like, should we take this lease? Should we hire this person? Should we make this investment in this new technology? I always want to wait to spend that money until it hurts to not spend it. And there were times in the earlier years of CollegeWise where it felt like good planning to rent the larger office space that we need or that we think we're going to need because we see the business growing or hire that counselor before you have a full caseload of students to assign to them. But let's just think ahead of the curve a little bit. I think there's value in that, but it leaves you in a bad position if circumstances beyond your control change. And so it imposed some discipline for me and I think the rest of our company of work as long as you can without spending that money unnecessarily until it hurts so much that it feels great to spend it. Then you know that you're spending the money in a smart way.
0: Sounds like very wise advice from the founder of CollegeWise. So in our remaining time together, Kevin, I would love to get your best advice for our young listeners who may still be in college right now, as they are thinking through, no doubt, how they can use the education that they're getting right now to find a career, how could they be using their time in college as a launch pad to that successful career?
1: Well, I would invite them to think about how they plan on answering This question, even if a future employer never actually asks it, what can you actually do? And I remind students of that because I've met business majors, as an example, even from prestigious colleges, but who didn't necessarily know how to read a profit and loss statement or how to deliver a sales presentation or how to write a compelling proposal. You know, there are some majors you might choose. If you're an engineering major, they're going to teach you a lot that you would use on the job. But a lot of other majors actually don't tie directly to jobs. And that's okay. But I think that it's important, no matter what you're studying in college, to imagine, you know, eventually you're going to leave those classrooms. You're going to go out into the workforce and they want to know what you can actually do. So I'll give you an example. You might be an English major like I was. So you might spend four years, you know, reading classic works of literature, unless you're going to be an English professor, There aren't a lot of places to go where you can do that and get paid to do it. But that same English major that spent time interning at the college's Department of Public Relations, who rewrote all the copy for the school's website, who contributed 30 articles to the school's blog, who helped create a marketing plan that increased student attendance at football games, that's a student who can do a lot more than just quote famous authors. And that's a student who can answer the question, well, here's what I can actually do. And colleges give you so many opportunities to find the ways that you can answer that question, to contribute, to learn, to grow, and to do it in a comparatively safe place where you're not going to get fired or thrown out if that project you initiate as part of that club doesn't work. And I think that students really need to maximize that opportunity and be ready to tell future employers, well, here's what I studied, but more importantly, here's what I can actually do.
0: Oh, what Fantastic advice. So, really look for those opportunities to get hands on experience doing things.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that can be formal, it can be, you know, internships that you get through the college's career advising office, but that's not the only way to build a resume and to build those kinds of skills. You know, students that work as resident advisors in their dorms gain a lot of experience about how to help people that are in need and how to manage a team, which is essentially what you're doing. You know, there are music majors, but we had one former college-wide student who was a music major, but at a school that had no marching band and kind of gathered a group of fellow musicians that all played jazz instruments and they played at the basketball team's halftime shows. That's an example of a student who said, you know, look, I, I do know, how to manage people, I know how to focus people, I know how to keep people engaged. And I made a real difference at my college. And you know, that's somebody that business or an organization can look at and say, yeah, there's a place for you here, even if you're not going to be playing music. And I really can't think of an interest, whether or not it's tied to a major, that a student couldn't find some way to pursue and find out what they're capable of within it while they're in college. It's a unique opportunity. There'll never be another time in your life when there are more opportunities available and more professionals who are paid to help you avail yourself of them, but you're only going to be there for four years. So don't waste that time.
0: Absolutely. And I think half the challenge is just learning how to tell your own story, your own elevator pitch in a compelling way to prospective employers. And with that in mind, Kevin, what advice do you have for that young person who may be about to graduate or may have already graduated and is conflicted and confused right now and doesn't know what they want to do with their life?
1: First, I'd remind anyone who's feeling that way that you should let yourself off the hook and relax. That's a perfectly normal way to feel, especially for college students. And there are lots of people who have carved out very successful careers today, but that recall a point in their life during or even after college when they had no idea what they wanted to do with their lives. But beyond that, my advice would be Don't use that lack of clarity about what you want to do with your life. Don't use it as an excuse to withhold your best work. I feel that some people get so caught up in their own story about how they don't know what they want to do with their lives that they kind of use it as an excuse to phone it in with whatever they're doing today. And if your plan is that I'm gonna do half-hearted work until I land my dream job, then I'm gonna bring all my efforts. Well, you're gonna be waiting a long time for that dream job to arrive, where instead, I think you should find opportunities where you can learn as much as possible, even if you're sure this isn't what I wanna do with my life. They might be part-time jobs, or if you're in college, they might be clubs, activities, internships, but however you're spending that time, Lean into it every day as if it were going to be your life's work. We talked about making choices. You know, make that choice. You're not going to be there forever, but treat it as if you were. Find ways to thrive. Find ways to make an impact. Do the kind of work that would make them miss you if you left and took another job. And if you make a habit of doing that, eventually those bigger and better opportunities are going to present themselves. And along the way, I think you're going to get a much better sense of what you truly enjoy and even what you want to do with your life.
0: I wish I could skywrite whether it be over Seattle where you're right now or over the Washington DC area where I'm right now saying the dream job or the perfect job does not exist just live your life in the moment and it will come to you there's a lot more to it but couldn't agree more final time for coffee question kevin if you could go back to uc irvine and do it all over again but based on the immense wisdom that you have right now what advice would you give yourself
1: well in retrospect i made some very good choices in college purely by accident that I had no idea they were going to be so important for me so I think you know one thing I would do is I would just reassure myself and say this decision that you're making to work in the summer orientation program over the summer and to run that program that's a great decision you're going to look back on this years from now and and take lessons from that I think it would have been good to have that reassurance but I also look back and I think it's a very common sentiment and I recognize how many opportunities I had that I actually didn't take advantage of that you know I I had professors that had dedicated their lives to their work. One who who won the Nobel Prize, and they had office hours every week. I don't think I ever went and spoke to one. And they were just sitting in their office. I could have gone and done that. There were opportunities to study abroad. There were opportunities to get internships. And, you know, while I'm, I'm proud of how I spent my time and it ultimately led to, uh, in many ways, to the career that I have, I think if I had recognized during that time you know, or if someone had phrased it to me this way, you know, hey, you've only got four years. Eventually this is gonna go away and you're never gonna have those opportunities anymore. So make those decisions thoughtfully and make sure that you don't leave anything undone before you go, I think I probably would have pushed just a little harder to to use a few more of those opportunities.
0: Oh, great advice. Kevin is the co-author of the book, If the You Fits, expert advice on finding the right college and getting accepted. Kevin, you did not disappoint. Thank you so much for making Time for Coffee with me and the Time for Coffee community. I so enjoyed our conversation.
1: Oh, likewise. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee. 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.